What's up, Surf Splendor podcast listeners? This is your host, David Scales. Welcome back to another episode. We've got an episode of Surf News for you this week with Scott Bass. Hope that you enjoy. Thanks for the feedback on the Dave Parmenter episode last week. Uh, People seem to enjoy that. Dave's got a few things to say, so that's always good for good pod. And um, just a reminder, rate and review the show on iTunes, follow at Surf Splendor on social media, and then feel free to leave comments on the website, surfsplendorpodcast.com. Engage in this conversation that Scott and I are having today. All right? I believe that is all. We've got the Hurley Pro starting tomorrow at Lowers and uh, excited for that. So I hope that by the time you listen to this, you're probably already enjoying that. So, all right. I will uh, sign us off at the end of the show. Enjoy today's show. Yeah, guy. Welcome, everybody, down the line. Surf Talk Radio. It's Tuesday here in Southern California, September 8th. And um, we're here to talk surf this morning on Downline Surf Talk Radio. David Lee Scales, Scott Bass with you here. And David, good morning. Good morning, Scott. Where are we? Where are we broadcasting from? Surfing Heritage and Culture Center, the world's premier surfing uh, museum slash archive of everything media related. Exactly. The world's largest repository of Critical surf paper, photography, surfboards, oral history, all things surf. The Smithsonian Institute of the Surf World. I would say If you will. I will. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Surfingheritage.org is their website. So um, they actually do a really good job of archiving and uh, putting up everything on the website as well. So if you're nearby in San Clemente or Southern California, you should stop by. But if you're not, utilize the website. It's a good asset. Um, I was on the uh, message boards, the Surfer Magazine message boards, scouring through them, and um, somebody put up a little question in one of the threads about what's a good podcast to listen to, and um, I'm glad to report that we came up as a positive, relatively positive, Surf Splendor specifically, Wow, came up as a relatively positive podcast. podcast to listen to i was going to recommend uh ain't that swell from australia but that's okay that's probably on there there was a bunch of i haven't listened to ain't that swell or i can't remember ever if it's ain't it swell or ain't that swell but is um, that with um von blake yeah and jen smith i've listened to it a couple times it's all right i mean it's very stylized kind of hip byron bay sort of thing um and it's fine but you know just different yeah they 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 mentioned some stylistic um I don't want to say attempts, but your your interviews on Surf Splendor have a really like a PBS type of vibe yeah. to them, right? What's that? What's that show that you're sort of mimicking? Is there? Oh, uh, this, this American Life. This American Life. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they they mention that. Okay. That, positively and, or negatively? well, look, you're on the message boards. There's <laughs> oh, not no. there's not going to be much positive. You you're gotta, trying to shield me from take it. Take a negative and turn it into a positive. <laughs> well, thank you, you know, for protecting me. Then I, I was going to no, ask. no. It's it's mostly good. You know, there's some you know. Look, there's going to be haters. That's what that thing's for, those yeah. message boards. It's just people that, with, that are generally insecure. It gives them their chance to feel good about themselves by bringing other people down. Well, I'm glad I could bolster somebody's ego that yeah. way. Yeah, um, look at it like you're helping them out. See, I've thought of teasing apart, like, because this show is more fun and kind of faster paced or whatever. Yeah. Uh, witty banter, or what I like to refer 
think is witty hopefully <laughs> maybe it isn't um and the other doubt it no not really but um and the other show the other kind of interviewing people and profile pieces is much more subdued but um i get feedback both ways some people say that they love the profile pieces and other people say that they love the surf news stuff so i've thought like maybe you know at some point they diverge and they're two separate shows or what if there's a third show that is strictly like reviewing the latest surf video content that's out on the web and it's a five minute show or a 15 minute show it's just like 15 minutes and i sit down with a filmmaker you know and we we just cover and review i think the important thing to note here is is your interviewee if you have a great interviewee they're going to carry the show for you and it shouldn't be about how we've stylized it and there were many great remarks about your Dave Parmenter interview. There was a couple of other really where, where when you have somebody that's smart like Correct. Dave, yeah. it's just a great interview. That's where you just don't really want to hear David. David's just setting it up, you know, right. and then let Dave run or whoever this great interview is. Let them run with it. Right. Then it, what the trappings around that content are, you know. They, they don't matter too much. Totally. I've always felt like there's a, I listen to a lot of different podcasts. One of them is Mark Marin, um, who's a comedian and he, his thumbprint is on every interview. You know, it's like his personality is infused into the interview and whoever the guest is, they're kind of a reflection of his energy. Almost. They're not really being themselves in certain ways. And I like him because he's a comedian and he's good at it, but I my personal style is not that. My style is get out of the way. Tee him up, let them do their thing, and I'm just going to be kind of um, behind and the scenes and, and transparent. You know, I think that's the way to be well, until the you've developed uh, something that... Yeah. yeah, they are the talent. Exactly. Right. Mark Marin, you could argue, well, he's got talent prior. Or right. People are expecting something out of Mark Marin. Exactly. Like peop- like Dave Parmenter has a resume, and we're here to hear his resume, not mine. Right. You know, I'm not going to add any value to Parmenter. So, but specifically, I think he is a great example of somebody who just, he could talk, you know? He's articulate. He's he could smart. talk. Yeah. Super smart, super opinionated. Very opinionated. Um, so, a great interview. Definitely a great interview. Here, I'll try to tee it up here. Of what? Do you want to- oh, the the comments section? Yeah, the comments right. on, on yeah. the podcast. Well, while you're doing that, I'll yeah. mention Parmenter was episode 101 for Surf Splendor. Uh, hit my 100 episode mark two episodes ago, so I was pretty proud of that. That's a big milestone in uh, podcasting. So Congratulations. Thank you very much. It felt like a little pat on the back moment. This might be that. Remember we were talking about the ten-year anniversary yeah. date. It might have been right around now. That, mm. that I don't mean to take the luster you know away what? from your. I'm going to look that up as but well. This could be the ten-year anniversary of Down the Line Surf Talk Radio. We were supposed to celebrate. We're well, so bad at celebrations, <laughs> dude. <laughs> right it's, now we are. Okay. Uh, no, November second was the first down. Okay, the line. so in November we're okay. going to have a celebration celebrating ten years of this show on the airwaves. Okay, I'm going to be gone on the second. I'll be back on the third. So we'll celebrate shortly thereafter. Okay, <laughs> sometime in that like two week period of November second. Right, I seriously want to do something like yeah. like. It warrants. Who's the first guest? We should have the first guest. I've on. got that episode. Maybe Remember we should have listening? Sam on. Yeah, exactly. Sam George. We need to revisit, bring all of them back, maybe, and just do like a roundtable. Wow. Sam George, get all your I former think co-hosts. That, um, Let's get Machado. Who else was on that first episode? Was uh, Don Meek, I think, who was okay. our boss at Surfer okay. Magazine at the time. 
he was all geeked up. He wanted to be on the air. Yeah, listeners sent us that very first episode, remember? Because they had it archived. And um, so I have it right here on my computer. Well, on the Surfer Mag message boards, it's the thread is any good surf radio shows or podcasts. And the second thing that comes up is down the line is a podcast that could be worth a listen. And then somebody else goes on to say, um, Surf Splendor is a good podcast weekly podcast with one-on-one interviews with people in the industry and surf discussion with Bassy alternating weeks. And um, then they mentioned the Von, uh, yeah, Von Blakey. Ain't, ain't, ain't that swell. Anyway, we're on there, which well, is kind of cool. There's, and again, it's not, it's not horrible. It could be horrible. Yeah. He mentioned your Tory Meister interview, your Chaz Smith, your Mickey Munoz, those great interviews, this one guy. Cool. That's yeah. nice of that one guy. Um, I've seen us mentioned on Stab once or twice as well in the comments sections. But here's the deal. We need to reset the topic for listeners who are relatively new to the show. Scott Bass is host Down the Line Radio since 2005. Uh, me, David Scales, started a podcast called Surf Splendor about two and a half years ago. And um, shortly thereafter, we kind of combined forces. So... We record this every two weeks. It's basically surf news covering hot topics. And then in the alternating weeks that we're not recording, I also produce um, just profile pieces and interview pieces that I distribute on my Surf Splendor podcast feed. So, you know, there's a little bit of overlap. We simulcast these news shows, but then there's separation as well. Do you have anything? I'm sorry to step on you. Do you have anything lined up for Monday interview-wise? Because I have an interview, and it might be neat if you and I do the interview together. I could, Although that's kind of breaks your MO a little I bit. I have no, no like... Monday, I'm to... interviewing Dr. Dave Jenkins from SurfAid. Okay. And you're welcome to come along so that you could then post it as... Yeah. If you want. Just okay. chew on it. You don't, I don't need I'm, it. I'm free Monday. Where, I'm doing where are the interview doing regardless. It? Probably here. Okay. Let me, let me think about it, but... Um, yeah, wow, I got we're just on pouring the living crap out of our no, listeners. Dude, we're right psyching now. them up. This is you guys get ready for next week, Doctor Dave <laughs> Dr. Jenkins. Dave. He's a good friend of mine and a great interview. He's cool. A good is there something new that's going on with Surfade? We're going to find out. You know, we're going to pick apart Surfade. I have a my whole thing with Surfade is that they need to expand beyond Indonesia. Um, you know, they I think that they raise a lot of money in Australia and in New Zealand for the mentalize and stuff, but. I think it's an uphill battle for them to raise money here in the Americas, especially after the recession, because to us, the mentalized seems so far away when there's so many issues here, you know, even in Mexico or Central America, where you often visit, where, you know, there's there's people closer to us that, that we feel like we could give our dollars towards. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's an uphill battle for them. So I'm going to, quite frankly, be blunt with him and ask him about that and mm. and i know that they you know and, and he's again he's a good friend of mine in fact i'm surfing in the malibu cup the surfaid malibu cup this friday at malibu and the waves should be pumping and i'm on dr dave's team and that's like a team format thing where they have a pro surf celebrity on each team I don't know if you recall, I did it last year. Lisa Anderson was our team member and Rosie Hodge is on a team and Strider will be on a team and, you know, Alan Sarlo and some other guys. Yeah, I can't believe that was a year ago. I know. (laughs) Crazy. Well, while we're talking business and kind of um, podcast strategy, I'm going to be in Europe next month for a few weeks and want to pitch, just mention a call to action for our listeners. If they have any Anybody out there who's listening, who has an idea for a show episode, uh, people that I can interview. Or You're going there to drink wine, aren't you? I will be drinking wine while I am there. But 
again, let's record some podcasts while we're out there. Where are you going? If you don't mind me asking. West, all pretty much all Western, like right. Portugal, Span- Spain, France. For Italy, surfing or with your wife? For work. For work. Work related. And then the UK as well. I'm spending most of the time in England. England. Oh, well, then you'll be around surfers if it's yes. work related. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll be there for surf related stuff. Oh, well, then, yeah. So, listeners, hook it up. I want to interview people. All right. So, I, cool. I have stuff lined up already that I will be doing. Yeah. But additionally, I'd hate to go do it and then get emails after the fact going, hey, dude, you should have got a hold of me. I run whatever. Like, you, you know, know who you should interview is this. Uh, my friend Taz, Taz Yassine, yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. shaper, he's a young shaper yeah, he's with, from the Canary Islands. Yeah, he does shapes, he work at Yeah, he shapes Euro, out of the Euro Pucas glass? factory. Oh, Pucas, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think, he might have changed, I don't know, but he'd be a good interview. Yeah, for sure. Is he speak English fluently? Yeah, okay. oh yeah, he's a really good... Done deal, dude. English speaker. Done. Taz, All right. I'll, I'll give you his email. Cool, and then yeah, listeners, um, if you do want to give me some feedback on that or guide my help guide my way, um, Surf Splendor Podcast. You can get a hold of me on that website. The email address is hello at Surf Splendor Podcast. All right, I'm mapping everything out now, so I kind of the sooner the better. You got so I'm ideas. on the forums, right? The Surfer Magazine message forums, which is this bastion of sometimes hilarious, oftentimes mean spirited, sophomoric banter but you can get some really good insights right i like it um and there's this beat down time for the inertia have you followed this at all what's happening with the inertia i read an article on beach grid about it but can you fill me in because i don't know too much about this what's this beat down time for inertia rory parker wrote the article for beach grid who we've communicated with a bit um he lives in Kauai, and i guess the inertia posted a video of some quote unquote secret spot in Kauai, like firing, you know, the waves are really good and they posted it and kind of hyped it and then um, received a bunch of negative comments in the comment section. I guess some threatening email saying, take down this video. Why are you blowing up our local spots? You're going to send more tourists here, blah, uh-huh. blah, 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 blah. And I think that the inertia actually did take it down. Um, but it's the same old story, you know, so blowing up a local spot there must have been um there's those three hurricanes spinning off of hawaii and it's probably generating i know there's been some pictures of the east side of oahu that were just mental mm-hmm. um so there must have been some spots in Kauai that lit up that normally don't light up and it sounds like somebody took video of it and yeah sent it to the inertia or something i guess and that's something that maybe even if they sent it to surfer mag surfer mag would elect to not promote it you know and the inertia um did so whatever who sent it to him i mean that's the guy that should probably be yeah exactly exactly but they were saying the you know who knows how much of just veiled threats these are but some of the stuff that um the commenters were saying is like you know there's a lot of kawaiian transplants that live in southern california now they're going to come down to the inertia's office and lay the smack down or whatever oh you're kidding really oh there's there's violence behind all of this well there's violence uh threatened I don't know if it'll actually happen, but... That's horrible. Yeah, so speaking of Hawaii, though, the North Shore has been pumping. Have you seen any of that? Yes, It's been pumping. Yeah. Like, and... Northeast swell, it's been really good. There's been multiple swells from multiple directions, and John John, which in a video I'll talk about later, like, he's saying one day it's all North swell, we wake up the next morning and it's all South swell, and it's like, but it's mostly all the sandbars that... um, you know, it's not like pipelines going off or something, but it's like shifty sandbars up and down the beach everywhere, but it's head-high barrels that look unbelievably playful and fun. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, that, that's, that's been unusual. crazy. Those three hurricanes have just been, as you mentioned, it's been unusual, and it's kind of neat. Very neat. Um, so we got to recap Tahiti just very briefly because the last time we recorded this show was on the final day. We recorded the morning of the final day. Yeah. So we weren't able to comment on the final day. But then I got an email after the fact from somebody going, hey, you really did a bad job covering Tahiti because what about Felipe's blunder and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, that hadn't happened by the time we recorded. So let's recap real quickly. Felipe did not catch a single wave in his round five heat against Italian Ferrari, as Chas Smith calls him. Italian Ferrari, that's pretty good. Italo. Now tell me, what, what what is your take on why did Felipe not catch a wave? Because it's funny, I didn't sense that... I didn't take it as like he was afraid, and all of a sudden I saw this stuff on various websites that Felipe was afraid to take off on a wave. Did, well, because he didn't catch a single wave in 30 minutes, and there was a lot of waves. E- Italo. Yeah, but didn't he catch wave? This wasn't a round one heat. No, he, you're right. He caught waves in previous heats. Right. Right. And so, so why would he have not caught one? Right. What, That's what is why the I other explanation? Did he, did he just get, did he, did his previous heats instill so much fear in him that now he's afraid because That's it's so shallow, it had that weird west angle and it was definitely shallower than normal? That's the question. I don't know. I almost sense it was, I maybe, but let me just throw this out there and I could be wrong. Probably am, have been in the past, will be in the future. Yes. Uh, I thought it was almost like a protest, like the waves weren't good enough because it was kind of small during that round. Dude, Idolo's getting shacked on head high waves. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. like Because he almost looked like he he, he had like, um, his demeanor was like, kind of like F you, almost, like, like just so not a care in the world. Like I'm, this is my statement, but I guess why would he be making that statement if he's trying to get, win the world title? Exactly. So, protest if you're going to protest maybe verbalize your concern once somewhere at some point like he didn't say one word about it so it's not a protest or his form of protest was horrible his form was horrific so you're saying it's a protest he did no i'm not i'm just saying before he paddled out he didn't complain about the conditions after he came in he didn't complain about his condition did he say anything after he came in? no there was no comment he made no public statement about it so one thing that wasn't the heat kind of slow for waves not really no. no there was plenty of waves to be had and like i said idolo got but idolo comboed him in like three minutes yeah. though, as i recall but so it was kind of like he almost he was almost like this i'm not gonna get out of this situation so why try to harm myself no but that's not how he surfs i mean he gets out of situations i'm just trying to know? figure it out i'm trying to break it and, down and, i don't it's and, not for me oh yeah you want it and we're giving him a pad so Scott can pound his fist on the table. There's two for you. Damn you, Felipe. So We said it was going to be the South Pacific, you know, to see if Felipe has what it takes okay. to be a world champion. Well, that's what we need to discuss is it could be just a one-off blunder. But the problem is he didn't show up last year because of an injury. But then he went and surfed, you know, Huntington Beach and won it with an ankle brace. So Felipe's soft. Based on that's the concern. So that was the concern leading into this, and we're all anticipating, like, okay, well, now's his chance to to prove everybody wrong. And it wasn't fifteen foot; it was only four foot. And then he went and did this. So it's like, hey, dude, everybody's already needing you to prove us wrong, and now you actually validated our concerns. That's the issue. Now, some of the aftermath I heard, he actually got injured the day before. He fell, hit his elbow on the reef really hard, and he had five stitches on his elbow. I, I haven't seen that substantiated. But even if it's true, Jeremy Flores was surfing with a helmet because he ripped his face off. Yeah, stitches on your arm is not enough. Five to, stitches on your arm. If you're going for the world 
championship of surfing. That's the other thing is he's a world title contender. I know. That's my so, point. Yeah. So we're basically saying Felipe's soft. That is what, that's the only conclusion I, mean, I can draw based on relative to other hardcore world champions like Tom Carroll, who would have kept going, like Gary Elkerton, although not a world champion, but just like the most hardcore guys that would just go, like Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, so there's, so we're just saying that Felipe's soft. That is the only conclusion when I can you're draw. Going for the world title, yeah, exactly. That's and and based on last year, yeah. where he didn't show up exactly. because of an ankle injury, and then went out and won Hunting, Huntington doing it, aerials do, with an ankle brace. Aerials into the flats in Huntington. Right. You know, he was not impeded by that ankle injury. So he's let us all down because we were all sort of on the Felipe bandwagon. We loved his positive energy, and we thought, okay, he could win the world title. He's just got to go to the South Pacific to, to Tavarua and to Tahiti and prove his salt. It's the only conclusion I can draw, dude. I'm just using the facts, you know. And I think it's happened. a valid. Yeah, and other people too. I yeah. think um, well, Matt Warshaw was commenting on it. Right. So here's my thought: is if you did have an injury and you're going for a world title and you're in that position, you would take off on a wave just to prove to everybody that you're not scared. Like I, if you're not, hadn't, actually, hadn't he already done that in, in the previous first, heats? Right. But this is a different day. It's different conditions. You know, it's like. It, I would just go on a wave. Even if I was going to lose the heat, I would paddle into a closeout and just jump off the thing and pin, like, just so that I didn't leave with a 0.00 in my score line, which I By think... By the way, 0.0, where is that from? The greatest line ever from a movie. I don't remember. Animal House. Uh, okay. Dean Wormer, Blukowski's grade point average, 0.0. There okay, you go. go. I think we're different age groups. I think so. <laughs> You think? I'm so, quoting Gone with the Wind. You're quoting yeah, exactly. like what are you what's what's that Revenge of the Nerds? That's like your movie. Still a right. little too young for that. But. but let me ask you this. Is there a twinge of a possibility that Idolo and Felipe are buddies? Felipe wants Idolo to do well. No. Felipe is saying to himself, what round was it? Three or four? Five. Okay, so I've got enough points. I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty happy with the points I'm going to get from round five. And Idolo, this is your contest. Plus, you've comboed me, so I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. You know how much of a chance there is of that? Zero point zero. Zero point zero, buddy. <laughs> like the, just throwing out some conspiracy. The opposite would happen. The opposite would be Idolo lays down so his buddy gets a world title. Right. Not Jeremy or not not Felipe lays down so Idolo can go from 18th position. Yeah, but Idolo is 17. I mean, uh, Felipe has hurt his arm. No, he's like I'm. I'm not going to do well anyway because my arm's hurt. I want to get out of here. Right. So here's literally the the all hugest. sorts of conspiracy. We need some clarification. No, we're clarifying right now. We are the authority on this subject. Oh, that's right. So here's the deal. Here's the one caveat or kind of pin in that balloon. Yes. Jeremy Flores is surfing with a concussion with his face ripped apart. I know, that's like hot. that's what's so gnarly. And Sally was doing it in Fiji too, not to like she won that event, you yeah. know? So and hers was a ruptured eardrum, slightly different, but she had the helmet on the whole time. But Jeremy, so let's we're done with Felipe. Like, not just for this topic, like ever. I'm never following Felipe. No, I'm just <laughs> really <laughs> no, I still like Felipe. Uh Jeremy Flores, freaking dominated i loved watching jeremy win jeremy's a guy who i've kind of hated forever and he slowly crawled and clawed his way back into my good graces through stuff like this you know what are you what are you looking up right now <laughs> i'm listening to you about jeremy i agree with you okay yeah jeremy it's just like the guy's such a hard charger um that code red swell you know where he got two tens they referenced a lot um and then 
pipeline in the past. We've seen him, you know, just charge. I just love a hard charging, you know, kind of underdog as well, where you got a lot of goofy footers like Gabriel who are just seamlessly threading barrels and they just look so comfortable. Jeremy, on the other hand, has to work for his scores on his backhand. He did some like releasing of the fins, sliding halfway down the face, setting the fins, readjusting, pumping and weaving through the barrel backside over chandeliers. It just, it's more radical. It's Andy-esque. You know, it's funny about Jeremy in my, you know, when I hearken back, there was a, a Billabong Pro at Tahiti. I don't know what year it was. It was when Andy was around. It was pumping. It was huge. And they, they took the waiting period and they added a few days on so that they could wait for it to be maxing. And Jeremy Flores was the one guy that raised his hand and said, no, let's do the event and the finals in these three feet conditions. I don't want to wait. And Andy and all these guys are like, dude, it's going to be eight to 10 feet in two mm-hmm. days. And Jeremy was the, the one that I remember sort of thinking, wow, he's soft, you know, like he's over. He doesn't want to wait around for the insane insanity that's going to happen. Sure. And, and I remember hearing that Andy was like calling him out, you know, and basically going, dude, you know, just going Andy Irons on him, right? Right. And now it's fully flipped. Like Jeremy is this guy that you can count on to be an incredibly hard charger, not just based on this year, but um, probably, you know, you could hearken back to when he won the Pipe Masters, although it wasn't really at Pipeline. I think his final heat was down the beach at the beach park or off the wall but no that was he went pipe that was b derbich he went pipe at pipe yeah six to eight feet against kieran perot i think okay yeah so anyway it's it's neat that he's he's done what we want felipe to do jeremy went from that soft kind of young pro kid that didn't want to surf maxing chopu to the guy that's charging it with a helmet on a concussion and a torn face right exactly and by the way I think we forget sometimes how young Jeremy is because he's been on tour for like eight years. Yeah. But he think he's in his mid-20s at most. I know. You know? He started so, on tour in 19, I think. Right. So that comment about Andy, that whole story, he was probably 20 at the oh, time. He was. He was you know? young. He was like the guy, the, the young rookie kid. He might have right. been a rookie that year. Right. So, okay, 27. He was born in uh, on April 27th, 1988. So he's 27 years old right now. So, um, congrats to Jeremy for winning that event. I thought that was spectacular. He was in the final against Gabriel Medina, um, who kind of reclaimed a little bit of his glory that he hasn't had throughout Um, the beginning. All right. So, uh, I'm just going to go out in the hallway and throw up about something else. Um... What is this a reference to? <laughs> Gabe Medina. Stewie, <laughs> you're pulling up drops delay in the middle of the show. I am. Now? I'm going crazy. It could not work. That one didn't really work because no. I've never I've never no. used these drops before. Are these your old ones from your show? No, I just pulled them up. I realized, shit, we should pull up some soundboard. Okay, well. But anyway, that was a fail. Yeah, that's all right. I like, I like, was that Stewie Griffin? That was Stewie. I'm down. So tell me you were going on about gabe you weren't going well, no, on but you were I was just gonna say gabe you know we haven't seen him show up he hasn't surfed well throughout you know the why i'm glad he showed defending up. world champ you know why i'm so. glad he showed up because he's fun to root against yeah i really don't like gabe medina but he surfs so good he really does you know yeah. and i don't know why i don't like him probably because i'm searching for a black hat i'm searching for somebody not to like right and by the way the tour needs people not to like you know yeah. we need um you know, those John McEnroe types or in your generation, who would be the guy with the black hat? You're not a sports fan, though, are you? 
Um, like you don't have I don't really mainstream follow. sports. No, I don't really follow. I, I'll tell you what, though. A guy who kind of plays that role for the world tour is Adriano. He's a likable yeah, guy, but he's likable. But nobody likes his style, and therefore, well, that's true. And he and he smashes all of our heroes, so it's kind of like by default. He and he claims that guy, way too much. Claims way too much. He's he's unbelievably humble when you hear him in interviews. So it's hard to kind of. He's a good interview, him, but, and so is Jeremy Flores. By the way, but, Jeremy Flores is a great interview. Yeah. So right now, the world title race, I think, is the most interesting it's been in a yes. long time because there's eight nine guys in it um, but help me to define a guy that we we can all rally around and not like and it right now it, it is gabriel isn't it because he comes yeah, off yeah, a little is, jaded it and, yes and, it is and that could be a cultural thing maybe he's not jaded but it just seems like he's kind of jaded in some of his interviews although he's gotten way better you can tell he's been coached yeah but last year he was a little like totally and he's brazilian with like it or not that's sort of a thing that's going to put Put a bunch of people against you yeah and he's he also has taken down our heroes right so is there another guy because adriano you, i kind of like adriano even though i hate the way he serves no, you're right i like the fact that he's this blue collar grinder agreed you're right gabriel's the guy for sure and so we need a few more of those like the, the wsl i know you can't manufacture these things but i think that you can kind of prompt them along if you right. see a, a, an opening right and i think that needs to happen so our black hat guy Gabe, and that's why I'm glad that he's kind of back. His I gives me somebody to hate again, right. well, or root against. I don't hate him personally, no. but I get to root against him as a as a competitive surfer on the pro tour. Here's the deal: like you said, he surfs unbelievably well, but in post heat interviews, he cries like a baby when he loses, like literally cries. I've got to have a Stewie drop for Gabriel crying. Let's well, see. why don't you line up these drops before we start the show? I'm all new to this. Then, <laughs> so. Uh, he cries in his post-heat interviews. Let's hear it. Dude, Wait, hold Bassie's on. blowing it. You're fucking sucking it, you cow. Wow. Wow, that was brutal. <laughs> that was gnarly. Uh, this is a family show, Scott. I didn't say it. It's Stewie. <laughs> um, so, Gabriel literally cries when he loses in his post-heat interviews. After, he became world champ last year. Then at the first event of this year at Snapper, he lost to Glenn Hall, who's the nicest, most likable little, you know... Yeah, I don't need any more vanilla Glenn Hall, please. No, we don't. We don't. But the point is, like, Glenn's as nice as the day is long. Oh, and they get after, a little. They get a little spat. Yeah, and after Gabriel comes in and starts cussing about him and saying yeah. that he, next time he cusses at me, I'm going to punch him or something like that. Thank you God know? for Gabe Medina. And That's so awesome that he did that. It, well, but it put him. It defined him as the character that you're talking right. about. Is exactly. the point that I'm making? Exactly. These are examples. And he's done that a few other times. A bunch of times. Yeah. You know. That's the best example. So thank this you. This year. Right. So check this out. Here's the leaderboard. <laughs> you're getting you're getting short. Your patience is running thin with me, I could tell. Here's the leaderboard. Adriano's in first. Mick in second. Owen third. Julian fourth. Felipe tied for fourth. Kelly sixth. Uh, and then Jeremy, Josh Kurt. Italian Ferrari and um, Gabriel. <laughs> By the way, that is Chas Smith's. That's not mine. That's, that's ours. That's all of I'm ours. I'm it. wrapping my arms around that. I love that. And then Gabriel's in tenth. So they're all within ten thousand points of one another. But the top, <laughs> the top, Ferrari. the top five are within a thousand points of one another. So it's really anybody's anybody's uh, world title at this. Pretty point. awesome. And going into lowers, that makes this event so exciting. Going into lowers, I'm claiming Felipe is going to take it. You know, because wow, who can't? I mean, who can beat Felipe at lowers? 
That's a good point. Nobody. But you know what's interesting? They always say, like, they even said it building up to this in Tahiti. They're like, can't wait for lowers. We're going to see some of the highest incredible errors, blah, blah, blah. And you do see some errors, especially in early rounds. But, you know, I guess you do on the outside, on the lefts, occasionally at the beginning of the ride, you'll see them bust. You get, no, here's what you get. On the left, you get an air on the first section, air on the last section. On the right, same thing. Either the big wrap on the first section or the big blowout on the first section. Right. And then you get the running midsection, that bank, bank, right. carve, and then end section air again. Yeah, it's I, maybe it's just my memory is failing me, but I just, I always think of it as like a carve fest down the right, you know, where they're just yeah. carving, carving, and then, yeah, maybe they'll end it. I don't think aerials at the end of the wave at lower should be that highly. I don't think they are. You know, but the first section it's highly yes, scored. it should be. If you get that, first, that's commitment. If you get that first air on the on the steep section and then combo it up and air it on the inside, yeah, eight point five. Is Dane Reynolds a wild card? I don't think so. No, I don't either because I've set my team and I don't recall seeing him. Yeah, I set mine, but like a few days ago. So let's talk about this real quickly. Fantasy Surfer, uh, you are ahead of me in the rankings, but I beat you in the last event, which we didn't think was going to happen. Last time we were talking, I was kind of you know acquiescing to defeat and now turns out i actually won that event. Lord, worms. You have worms? <laughs> that didn't even fit dude know, you, gotta, <laughs> you gotta sort this out in advance i'm like the, the retarded guy with the stewie soundboard that just <laughs> you gotta just work it out oh, sorry, in advance I mean, not retarded but yeah i know what's you the term retract that what's statement. the pc term for retarded i'm not jumping on this one dude <laughs> you, you feel free to offend oh, people at will Whatever. um so if you if people want to get in not a lot of wagers have come in for this fantasy event am so, i in no you haven't oh, man. you're not in you weren't in last one either by the way what no so here's the deal everybody if you want it we have a fantasy surf team fantasy go to the clubhouse search surf splendor and then um there's like 270 members in there. You can play for free. Just set your team and um, play for free. But if you want to actually participate in a wager pool that we have going, we do $10 per event per division. So 10 bucks for the men, 10 bucks for the women. You could play both if you want. You could just play one or the other. Um, if you want to wager, go to PayPal, send $10 to hello at surfsplendorpodcast.com and um, give me your reference what it's for give me your fantasy name handle because that's oftentimes different than your real name or your email address and then i can assign the payment to the right player and uh winner takes all basically so there's also directions on how to do that on surfsplendorpodcast.com there's a fantasy surfer tab on the top menu bar so you can just go there if you didn't get all of my spiel right now hiring for a small business is critical it's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, 
all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So yeah, Scott, if you do want to play, you got like less than 24 hours to get your payment in. That's the thing. We're recording this show with very little time before the event starts. So clock's ticking if you want to get payments in and team set. I'm looking at my team now. I have Gabe Medina on my team. Okay. That's purely a a money play. I I don't want him to do well, but I think he's going to do well because he looked pretty on fire. Yeah. So um, Dane is not on the wild card list but ian crane and hiroto ohara not hiroto hiroto because he won <laughs> yeah i know he won uh, yeah hiroto. us open so that'll gonna, be did he get his license is he gonna buy many cars <laughs> no i hope so <laughs> that though. guy's funny here's i'm gonna give you one dark horse pick i just yeah. want to throw it out right please now. do because i got one for you okay you're not allowed to add this to your team based on my brilliant advice though too bad pal <laughs> <laughs> okay my dark horse pick for this event yeah adrian buckin I already have him on my team, but that's a good one. Just He flies under the radar, and he does really well always at lowers. He makes quarterfinals all the time. Yeah. But he doesn't do airs, so no. people kind of like overlook yeah. him. But every time he's in the quarterfinals. Yeah. So I've got him on my team not to win the event, but to he's make the quarterfinals. competitively quarters. savvy. Yeah. My dark horse, which many might not think is a dark horse, but maybe he isn't but i'm gonna i think kolohe andino is a, a dark horse to win this event. he's not at all a dark horse he's like the favorite do you think he's no he's not he's one of the favorites no he's dude. not or is he in the top five top ten of favorites dude Kalohe? I, he is right okay. up there he's Kelly, the local kid Mick who Fanning, serves it better than gabriel medina uh taj burrow miguel felipe uh john john there's seven guys that are ahead of kolohe I, we could argue this from different angles. I'm going to say... What's his best result? That's, that's What's just his not best the de- result? That's not the definition of a dark horse. Think, I'm just... That's all I'm going to say. I think it's an interesting dark horse because many wouldn't consider him a dark horse, but I ask you to look at his history here. Uh, okay. Just Maybe. because he's Kaloe doesn't mean he's a favorite. He hasn't done shit out there. I just... Look, I mean, look, free surfs, yeah, he's the favorite in a free surf. I just looked him up. 34% of people have him on their team already, which not, is a lot. I'm not 5% have Adrian that Bucket. people are as smart as I am. I'm, what I'm <laughs> suggesting is that I don't know what his results are, but I, I just, he's always expected to do well and he always underperforms. Yeah. So he's a dark horse in my eyes. All right. There's not a lot argue, of pressure on him. Not going to argue with you about the definition of dark horse, but I agree he's going to do well. Definitely. I think that. He has underperformed in the past. He surfs that wave as good as anybody. Not with a jersey on. Unfortunately, his results don't show it, but I think that he's learned a lot. I know, I know. I think he's learned a lot competitively. I think he's grown a lot, just kind of into more muscle and power, which 
he's got some of the raddest turns in the business. And so now that we see more muscle behind it, it's more impressive. So yeah, I I think he's the guy to watch. I believe that there's a lot of pressure on him. This like if he doesn't do well this time, it's kind of like, well, if not now, when? Because he's had his three or four years of, hey, you know what? You're new on tour. And even though this is your spot, maybe there was a lot of pressure on you to perform and maybe you overperformed. I kind of feel like if he doesn't get to the semis this time, and maybe is that too many? Let's say the quarters. But yeah. I would say the semi. He's got to make. He's expected to win it, according to you. Free surf wise, he's the best guy in the water, according Every to time. many. Every time, yeah. So it's kind of like all of that pressure. It's like now, like if he doesn't do it now, do we call him a bust at lowers? Right. Well, here's the one thing that he's fighting against, unfortunately, which is conversation about subjectivity in judging and preconceived notions. Something we've seen with Gabriel Medina is you see him stand up on a wave, you're already expecting him to do a massive air, some huge raps and a massive air. Right, but he does. But our expectation is now you're going to blow our mind. So if he does anything short of that, it's like we underscore him. Whereas if... Uh, Eretz Aaron Buru would have done the same exact surfing. We'd give Eretz a five, an eight, five, you know, and then Kaloe does it and we give him a six because we're expecting it out of Kaloe. That's what Gabriel Medina had to um, overcome for a couple of years there was, all right, dude, show us the best air we've ever seen. And if he just does the second best air we've ever seen, oh, it's a six. That's a problem for Kaloe. Well, I think that's a problem for a lot of, I think Kelly has that. A little bit. Uh, Here's my, here's how Kaloe works around that, by the way go left. We've seen what you got on that right, and it's really impressive, but go left. If you do two insane bashes on the first section and then a finner on the end section, that's an eight, you know? Whereas if you do five insane turns on the right, it's a six. And you know, as you know, when you talk about Gabriel and overcoming that, I mean, Gabriel won events going backside at yes. massive ocean beach, right. not doing any aerials, and he's, right. and he's ripped at pipe. You right. know, not doing any aerials. You but know? the reason he won that in Ocean Beach was because it was the antithesis of what we That's expected. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's already done that. So exactly. now when he does an air, we're kind of like, okay, well, we know he's got a complete package. Right. So with Chloe, you're, you know, yeah. competitively at least, you're like, okay, well, I haven't really seen him stand out at Chopu. I haven't really seen him right. with a jersey on, I mean, right. you know, like competitively here. So that's let's file that conversation though under the greater theme that always we discuss which is just that subjectivity in surfing and the um you know having preconceived ideas of people and it's undeniable you cannot divorce yourself from those prejudices surfing is highly based on aesthetic and you and i like different styles and that's going to dictate our judging forevermore and it's almost impossible to pretend like we can make it. An I've never sport. pretended like it. I've always said that surfing borders on not being a sport. You know that the subjectivity. I've never heard that before. Yeah, exactly. Weird. Look, it's like you know ice prancing. You know, there's some little old lady in from China that's going to vote you down, and she can't even stand without her walker. Yeah. And it's wrong, but it is what we have. It's funny because you know there's been some discussion about style and. Style needs to be brought back into the judging criteria. And they sort of like weave this concept of, you know, flow, transition and flow. The Mm -hmm. word flow between turns is basically code for style. It's like the PC term for style. And when you're talking about aerials and stuff, I mean, or any surfing really on the wave or above the wave, that flow, that style needs to be addressed from a judging standpoint. 
And so I don't know if you've seen any of the, there's been some talk. I, I, I want to say that Rabbit Bartholomew maybe was interviewed somewhere that I read and they were talking about style and how it needs to be brought back in. And it must have come from like an Adriano de Souza heat or something. Yeah. But anyway, it's subjective. Because um, Adriano's style is so good. That's why they were talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? You like his style. You've been working on it, just trying to... You like watch Adriano heats so before you surf to get kind of like fired up. I do. As Tony Roberts always says, Bronco stance. Bronco. <laughs> looks, like, looks like he's riding a Bronco like at the rodeo, except there's a surfboard attached to his feet. <laughs> That's exactly right. Like the front knee is bent more than the back knee, right? Exactly. Bronco boy. Bronco stance. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bronco stance, Adriano. So anyway. Um, Bronco de Souza. That's his new. So given that all these A-list celeb surfers are going to be in our backyard, are you going to go party it up with anybody? You know, I I would avoid that place by like the plague. Yeah. Um, but but it actually is a, a rare chance for us to go down and see these guys. And especially with the title race the way it is, there's going to be a lot of excitement down there at Lowers. It gets really crowded, but it's worth going down there and checking it out, especially some of the early rounds before it gets too crazy. And the swell is going to be big earlier in the, in yeah, the competition. Starting tomorrow. Tomorrow. Well, tomorrow would be a fun day to go down there. And you know what I like? It's a long day and I want to go surfing. You know what I like about it is actually going at like 6 a.m. until 8 when the first heat starts yeah. and just watching all the free surfing for two hours in the morning and and then hustle back to work, pull up the computer and watch the heats on, you oh, know, that's a good watch call. the heats live because. When do you surf though, David? I, I want to go surfing. I don't I wanna surf, dude. I, I don't think you do. I'm just a fan of surfing. That's I, what it, I actually do I've not been hearing spend that. time in the water. When was the last time you surfed? Two days ago. How was it? Good. It's actually been really good. I have a shark encounter I need to tell you about. Oh, my God. No, no, Please do. no joke, dude. All right. I've been surfing in the evenings in Huntington. It's actually been really good, and the water's been really warm. And um, it's been like weird, funky wind in the morning, but then yeah. in the evenings, it kind of glasses off. There's been a bit of combo swell running. Um, so I've been doing these evening sessions after work every night, and um, I was surfing two or three nights ago. Nobody out. And it was super fun having a blast. And then two guys paddled out for a bit and they were keeping their distance from me. So we had our own peaks, but they, they could surf. They definitely knew what they were doing. And um, the sun went down and you have 20 minutes before it actually gets dark, you know? So I'm kind of waiting for my last wave in. I glance back and I see both these guys taking off together on an ankle high wave. And I'm just like, what? Why are they the last wave in? They're going in on this ankle high wave together. That's weird. Anyway, I didn't really think too much about it. Then I hear them whistling. And I'm at like, you? yeah, at me from the shoreline once they finish that wave. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. But a wave was coming. So I surfed that last wave in. They're waiting for me on shore. They're like wide eyed. And they're like, holy crap. Did you see that shark? And I'm like, no. What are you talking about? They're like, dude. We were 20 feet away from you. This thing popped up in front of us, aimed facing at you, <laughs> hovered for a few seconds, just like side to side, and then went zero to 60 in two seconds, darting straight at you. I'm like, what? They're like, you were looking out to sea with your back to the shark, <laughs> oblivious, just like, do do do, waiting for like a submarine, came up like a submarine, and then came up like a submarine just hovered for a second so they saw the fin and initial thought was like we've seen dolphins out here all the time 
this is not a dolphin. Right. And this thing's kind of hovering back at like left to right just a little Get, bit. Trying to gain momentum, like revving and, its engine. And exactly. And then just beelines it straight at you. They go, wow. obviously he wasn't going for you because you would have gotten attacked. He was just hunting. Like he was chasing a fish that happened to be going your direction. Right. But they go, dude, the thing went straight at you. And I go, yeah, I turned around and I saw you guys scrambling for a wave. They go, yeah, that was right after we saw it. And then we turned, we got to shore and we were like, thanks a lot, guys. Well, that's what he said. He goes, we got to shore and then go, holy crap, we should have said something. So then we started whistling and I go, yeah, I heard you whistle, but I didn't really like think about it. A wave was coming. So then I caught the wave and went in. But then I was just like grabbing my hair like, oh my gosh, dude. Wow. I didn't met, first of all, I didn't see the shark. Right. So it's. Only so, an encounter, like and nothing really happened. But these guys, like I said, these guys are legit. Like I saw them surfing; they yeah. know what they're doing. It's not like they saw a dolphin and got freaked. Right? They knew what they saw. Yeah. Um, but I got freaked too because it's like I hadn't told anybody that I was surfing, where I was surfing. I just went and snuck in a little session. Hmm. What if I got chomped, dude? Nobody, that. nobody would have known for like days. I'd have to do the show by myself. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> Thinking about number one all the time. Um, I'm glad you survived. Thank you. I'm glad too. But I mean, that's kind of a scary thought to think like. It is. You know, it would have been a day or so until. Did you see there was um, somebody grabbed footage from the Morro Bay Surfline cam and put it on Facebook or no, somewhere? No. Where there was a shark scare and it was this weekend or like Friday or something. And it was packed at Morro Bay, you know, like the parking lot was full and there was 35 people out. And and what they what you witness is all thirty five people coming in immediately all at the same time because of a shark scare. No, I saw the lady um, got chomped or her board got chomped. Yeah, that was this was, that was the same day. No, this same? was like three days after that. Crazy, or two days after that. Maybe. Well, I told you I did a Central Coast trip. Yes, yeah, I was surfing where that lady got chomped. Yeah, like I was surfing there, and then this next week, there's a story of her getting the, her, her board, board getting bitten. Yeah, that made national news, and in Australia, the the Shark attacks, the shark encounters continue. There have been right. two more people bitten in the last two days Yeah, in the northern New South Wales area. So they're on super high alert. Like crazy shark stuff is happening in Australia. Really crazy. Like the amount of, it's anomalous. Yeah, crazy. Uh, well, I feel like that shark followed me from the central coast down to Huntington Beach, I dude. the shark's in the parking lot Tractor right now. beams <laughs> waiting. Kelly Slater launched his outer known brand with an official fun party at the Malibu home of uh, Herb Gessner. So it's officially fun? Not just like... It's officially fun. There was fun. an innuendo that it was fun. It was made official <laughs> by the people. Touche. You've, my, <laughs> my grammar sucks and now you've proven it. The fun police judgment came and made an official ruling. Well, I mean, there's been all the... You know, I'm sure you saw all of this, right? Like the, I did. First of all, Herb Gessner's home is this really neat... He's this renowned architect. I don't know too much about him, but I'll pretend like I do. He's... This particular home is 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 one that a lot of people want to see. It's it's built in sort of a unique way. It's I think it's built into the natural resources that are the cliffs and the trees that are in the area. And so it's um it's a spectacular home. And sure. it's my understanding that if you get a chance, even in Malibu residents like Cindy Crawford and Julia Roberts, if they get a chance to go visit this home, they'll do it. So Kelly and his people, John Moore, the design, the stylist or the designer for this outer yeah. known men's clothing line, they held this Malibu beach party, an all day long affair at Herb Gessner's home. 
and you got to come down with your surfboard and hang out and it was definitely an a-list and it was a great way for them to promote the brand you'll notice they haven't done a lot of advertising without or known they've done it all through a very sort of crafted pr uh, concept which includes this yeah and so you know there was anthony how do you say his name from red hot chili peppers Kiedis. anthony Kiedis. Chris Hemsworth, who I guess is Thor or something like that. Whatever. Julia Roberts, Cindy Crawford, you know, Jason Statham, who's some movie actor. There were just a yeah, bunch yeah. of A-list celebrities there. Right. Was Laird there? I saw Gabby. No, Reese. Gabby. I saw Gabby. Gabby yeah, yeah, I saw Gabby. But the so the funniest line, right? And you may have seen this. The funniest line from the LA Times article is that there was artisanal marshmallows, which made for scrumptious s'mores. Shut <laughs> up. Artisanal marshmallows. marshmallows. Oh my gosh! When I read that, I'm like, David's gonna love this line. That's the funniest thing ever. Artisanal marshmallows, which made for scrumptious s'mores. Hey. Some like you know. <laughs> So social writer for the LA Times came up with that line. Well, somebody needs to reevaluate their life and their career decision because if you decided to become an artisanal marshmallow maker for your <laughs> profession, something went wildly wrong. <laughs> what are artisanal marshmallows? They must have like toffee bits in them or something. Or? I guess, dude. Are marshmallows not the most disgusting food known to mankind? Normally they are, but artisanal marshmallows are special. I think they no. make for scrumptious s'mores, for God's sake. So if it's if it's a special marshmallow does that make it especially bad or does it actually make it a little bit better than it previously was i'm going especially bad all right so uh i'm just gonna go out in the hallway and throw up about something else <laughs> there you go that one actually worked that one kind of worked fit slightly yeah it was a little the, slow getting there but yeah um so anyway I'm, i wanted to throw the artisanal marshmallow line at you because i thought you'd get a kick out of it that's solid you know what i saw um we had this talk about Surf Snowdonia we've covered a few times. Yeah. The wave pool in Wales. Backing up a bit, they opened last month and they closed because of mechanical failure. Right. And then they reopened it. Um, but I saw some footage, I think it was Surfing Magazine posted it, of Ocean Dome in Japan, which is a wave pool that was opened in the early, mid-2000s, maybe like 2005. Is that 2005? still open? Didn't they close no, that? they closed it. Yeah. but A long time ago. Yeah. But here's the deal. It sits there unridden. It was amazing. It was a far better wave pool than Snowdonia is. Yeah. It's like this was 10 years ago and the bar was set 10 years ago. Why can't we just go back and do that again? It just and doesn't, make it a better it doesn't pencil model? out. Well, they're trying to pencil out a new one with a crappier wave. Well, so the one crappier wave pencils out because it doesn't. The cost isn't there. That's my point, right? Oh, is it? I don't know. Yeah, no, that's why. That, okay, like you can make an insane eight foot wave, but it's going to cost you like a million dollars a wave. Of course, I'm exaggerating. Sure. My point is, it, it doesn't pencil out. Nobody, no investor is going to go. Yeah, here's my million bucks, or you know, here's ten million to build the thing. Yeah. And so, what pencils out is are these crappy waves, and so they're trying to get to a place where infrastructure and energy make it so that we can actually have that eight foot wave, and it pencils out. Got Got it. I get it. So I'm going to post this video of Ocean Dome in Japan. It's Owen Wright and Julian Wilson surfing these wedgy waist high barrels with end sections. It's like the best wave. Like for me personally, because I'm not going to go charge pipeline. This is the best wave that I would ever want to surf. It's like waist to head high, wedgy, you backdoor sections, come spit out air section. Like it looks so rad. It's like a shore break barrel. Yeah. It looks so rad. And those guys obviously are shredding. Right. So and it's cool to see old footage of yeah. Owen and I've seen Julian. that footage. It's footage has been around and it is definitely cool stuff. And super sick. You know, I've surfed the crappiest 
Typhoon Lagoon in Orlando, Florida, yeah, Disney yeah. World, and it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wait a while, but it, there's there's definitely you're you're stoked. I was stoked. You know, yeah. I was happy. You yeah. know, and I think that speaks to a bigger thing, which is it doesn't really matter how big or how small the wave is. It's just a matter of getting wet, getting exercise, getting in the water somewhere. Yeah, and and riding a wave. Yeah, it feels good, no if, matter how big or small. If you had unlimited resources, you know, yeah, like you could, you just had billions at your disposal. Yeah, would you build one of those in your backyard? Um, I don't think I would. I think I'd be more about the surgical strike because there's something about the ocean and all of that stuff that goes with the natural environment that's super important to me. Yeah, and you would still surf in the ocean, but I'm just thinking, like, what if it is? flat for two weeks on end and you you can have a pool in your backyard life i think i think there's some excitement to going you know what in two weeks look at this storm brewing like i'm one of these guys that you know me i'm all over the storm map you know the maps and what's happening with low pressures and i'm following it and so i get a kick out of that part of it maybe if i just had gazillions that's what i'm saying i maybe i would you know if it was the equivalent to you spending a nickel right now out of your budget and you could have this in your backyard I think I would. I, I, I think I probably would. I turned you. I think I would. <laughs> Here's the deal. That I would, sucks. I would totally build it, yeah. and it would be like a ping pong table. Where exactly. it's like the first week I'm playing all the time, yeah. and then two weeks into it, the thing sits there unused you exactly. know, and collects dust. But it, it, it'll get to the point where you're like, oh, I got to kick on the generator. I got to yeah. heat this thing up. It's no, going to take gonna, an I'm hour. I'm going to put this like, thing on Craigslist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm kind of over it. I'm just going to go. I'd rather go surf Tahiti. Exactly. Well, sadly, I don't know if you saw this, but this horrific accident took place in in, um, San Francisco where this kite surfer was randomly picked up by a random gust thrown over a sand dune, landed in a, on the coast highway and was run over what? at like 60 miles an hour. He got lifted out of the ocean. No, on the sand. He was about to launch. So he's okay. on the beach. Okay. Random gust, powerful gust, picks him up, distributes him on the coast highway, wow. and he's immediately mowed over. Like it's what? something out of like Damien Omen 2, you know, some movie, some horror flick. Like, whoa. Just like your life, boom, done, gone. Wow. Isn't I've that never crazy? I've not heard that story. That's insane. Yeah, it happened Friday. Oh my God. Guy was that's... just about to enter the ocean. A gust lifted him in the air, threw him onto the, onto the, uh, Great highway at Slope Boulevard there in San Francisco and bang, mowed over by a car. Horrific, dude. I know, it's scary. Like just the, and again, I'll use the word random, the randomness of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because kite surfing used to be really dangerous like that, but they've technology-wise and what they've done with the lines, the wind lines and the kite lines and all that, they've gotten into a place where it's not as, you know, they realize, hey, we're going to lose the sport if people keep dying. So we need to get it straight. So they got it figured out. So you don't hear about these things as much as you used to. Mm-hmm. And wow, bang, done. Well, I a couple of years ago, I was driving on PCH through Bolsa Chica, and there's like a, a wetlands area on the inland side, you know, where the ocean connects with the wetlands and a bridge that goes over it, the little river that connects the two. And I was driving down PCH, and there was a kite on the highway and the guy was tethered to his kite underneath in the river so it was like he was getting blown from the ocean towards the river and he couldn't help himself apparently got blown under the bridge with his kite of course 50 feet up in the air and it was just he he got stuck there so 
I there was a bunch of cars that had pulled over. It had just happened within probably 60 seconds of me approaching. So there was a two cars that had got to it first with people put people gotten out of their cars to go over to look over to try to help the guy because maybe he's drowning underneath who knows but his kite was trapped on the highway you know wow gnarly i was just like what i took a photo (laughs) (laughs) she posted under kook of the day or (laughs) yeah exactly um some other footage by the way that i found just randomly on youtube popped up as something that i should watch uh, something that I know you've seen, it's kind of classic, but it's Tom Curran on the Fireball Fish yep. at Bawa. Yep. Um, it's old footage. It's iconic. It was super important. It sparked the fish revolution. But I just want to repost that for anybody who hasn't seen it. This is a Rip Curl produced clip. It's about three minutes long. He's inter- It's interviewing Sonny Miller, talking about it because Sonny yeah. Miller was the guy that filmed it. Yeah. Just talking about Tom had this quiver of boards. It was giant you know, double overhead right barrels that were kind of shifty and difficult to navigate. And Tom had a quiver of boards that would be appropriate for that. One of which was shaped by Dave Parmenter. Um, And they were talking about board selection. And one of the boards that Tom had was this five foot five. Well, actually, let me interject because I I think the story goes that wasn't his board. He borrowed that board from Frankie Oberhauser. Mm. It was a, it was a Tommy Peterson, Michael Peterson's brother Mm -hmm. shaped the board that fish yeah. five four or five two yeah. or something yeah so i don't think it was his board but tom is one of those guys that's sure. like hey let me ride that thing you know like i'm bored with these boards let me ride that thing so he borrowed that board from yeah. from my understanding of it and i i too could be wrong here but that's the way yeah. i did sunny say that he borrowed the board because sunny was the there. borrowing i'm not sure of it yeah. was just part of the quiver i like, believe he he's borrowed like, the look board. he had he had these five other boards that are more appropriate for these conditions and he rode them yeah and then but he was then, like, hey, let me try this thing. Let me try this. And Sonny and everybody else is like, dude, you're wasting our time. Don't even ride that thing, right. you know? And he shredded on it and was able to surf those waves in a way that people hadn't anticipated could even be surfed, you know? And it opened doors for this new revolution of the fish, basically, is the storyline. But um, I'm going to post that just because it's a great three-minute It's incredible thing, you know? And by and, the way, I think Tom's one of the only guys that could have ridden that board agreed and and you got to figure he's like you know what my these longer boards he's riding you know seven eights or whatever out there because it's this is a big open ocean type wave with think of sunset beach right so you want to have a big board to paddle into it but once you're into that wave it's rather peaky relatively speaking and so i imagine in tom's brain he's probably going i need a board that's gonna stall for me you know that i'm gonna have to like slowly bottom turn up into and just kind of wait for it and set my rail and then get spat through the barrel and these longer rail boards are just outrunning the wave right that's exactly right it's a he takes off on like a whitewash roll-in oftentimes and then like kind of plays jazz like skirts fades back does little kick stall like does these weird little hand jives he's just like dancing around on the waiting for the thing to hit the intersection the reef but then he'll like take a super high line tuck into the top of it and then the thing bottoms out and opens up into this giant cavern but because he's on this little nimble board he's able to navigate that and then just gets blown out all fancy lad you know like knock kneed and hands in a weird position it's radical oh, you know? it's, it's insane. just like again, that it's is like style and play. that's why style should be judged it's so rad it's yeah. like watching literally him play like jazz on the piano just like going on riffs and stuff exactly it's so rad so i want to post that, that for everybody cool? who hasn't seen it 
That's uh, why he's the greatest surfer ever. Agreed. No, there's we have zero conflict in that discussion. Good. Yeah. By the way, Surfer Magazine, the newest one, have you seen it? No. There's a cover of some little, um, I don't know if they're African kids or, anyway, it's a neat cover of black and white. It's totally unique and different from what you'd see. Like, you know, it's not surf porn. It's like they've gone cultural on us. And it's actually a really neat magazine, but they do a whole piece on the mythology of Tom Curran. Okay. And I think that story is in there. And that's where I got just now. I remember because I read it this week. That's where I got that he borrowed that board. Oh, okay. And it was told, I think it was told from the eyes of a Rip Curl executive that was on the boat or a team guy that was there. Well, speaking of that magazine, new... um, Check out the new surfer. New editor-in-chief. Well, is that... Pradonovich. That's what it is because, I mean, the magazine's... I, my hats are off to Todd Brodanovich and the whole crew there because the, you can tell they've gone 180 degrees and said, look, I want to do it this way. This is the way it's going to be. And it's been, uh, it's refreshing. You know, I'm, I was, first of all, I was blown away that they sent me the magazine. For some reason, I'm on their list. Hopefully I'll get more of them. I didn't subscribe or anything, but I got a magazine in the mail, hmm. which I appreciated. Was there a note? Like, no, it just says, you know, like all of a sudden I'm on their list. Huh. And um, which is fitting because I worked there for 10 years. But sure. There's no ever mention of me. I think they're embarrassed by me. But it was cool that I'm developing the same strategy with this podcast, <laughs> my same exit strategy. Yeah, just I don't know who he is. <laughs> I just anyway. knew him as at boardroom show. Yeah, we were friends on Twitter. That was it. <laughs> uh, it. It's a pretty cool mag and I would urge you to check it out. Okay. It's definitely. Um, they've changed gears. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I've been curious to see what the um, new direction was going to be. I like Todd, you know, he's a good dude. Is he from San Diego? Yeah. His dad was Robin. Oh, Robin's his dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Robin's yeah. a great shaper. Yeah. Incredible guy. Yeah. Yeah. Family legacy. Still dad. is a great shaper. Was he with GNS? You know, he probably shaped for GNS for a while. I'm sure he probably shaped for Rusty at some point. Yeah. Um, he's got his own label. Yeah. You can get it. If, for a long time, he was with GNS. Yeah. Yeah. Robin Prodanovich. Right. But he did have his own label in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, popular label. Yep. Yep. So cool. So the dad, Todd is his son. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Good. And he's been at the magazine for a long time. He has. He was yeah. I've editor. seen the last name and I always yeah. thought, I wonder if that's Robin's kid. Yeah. Now I know. So he's editor in chief. Congrats on that, yeah. by the way. Ro- or it looks Todd. good. The magazine looks good. Cool. And it reads well. Um, must see moments, kooks and dukes. My must see moment is there's an Instagram of Tanner Godowskis his most recent one. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but oh, he's yeah. macaronis. He's railing down the line and he does this crazy and you'll be able to tell me what kind of spin it is. A club but sandwich. A club sandwich. That was a club sandwich where he just throws everything at it, hold the mayo. Mm-hmm. And he does a rotation on, on his head, basically. Like he rotates his body around his neck. He doubled up on the mayo, dude. He doubled up on the mayo. <laughs> Thank you. And he got sauerkraut on there. It's like a club sandwich with sauerkraut. He did, man. No, I mean, it's, so the turn, um, you did a good job explaining it, and Josh Kerr's kind of the one known for, I don't know, inventing it, because he did it against Mick Fanning in the semifinal heat at Snapper like 10 years ago. Still lost, still <laughs> lost the heat. Ago? Has it been 10 years? <laughs> I don't Holy know, Holy shit, not. that club sandwich is stale. It probably hasn't been 10 years. Um, Dane notably does really, really good ones. Yes. But it's basically, yeah, we've discussed it on the show a few times when it when it goes down, but it's like you're hitting the lip, but pivoting on your head or shoulder almost like you grab the rail, hit the lip, do a big fin free through the lip, grab rail. It's almost like an air reverse, but it's really inverted and your head almost touches the water and you pivot on your head, essentially go upside down 
and then ride out of it. Big blowout, rail grab, blowout, reverse. Yeah. I guess you... Inverted You reverse. could follow it on Tanner Godowskis' Instagram to see it. Yeah, it and is I amazing. I put it on Facebook, I don't know. But he does like a sick down carve on the first turn, like yeah. super powerful down carve. You sort of don't see it coming, right? Straight into a bottom turn, like combos the thing up and then hits that on the end section. It's rad. Yeah, it's pretty it cool. It is a really, really well-surfed wave. Where was that again? Macaroni's. Macaroni's, right, right, right. So that was, um, what'd you say, must-see moment? That's my must-see moment. That's all I have for you. I don't so, have a duke or a kook. All right, I got all of them. Must-see moment for me, John John's new North Shore edit just hit last night on Stab. Oh, I do have a duke. Sorry, go ahead. That's all right. Uh, Peter, John John's new edit. Yeah, Peter King was in Stab. Peter King, by the way, great. Dude, he's, I love the stuff he's doing. Tour Notes stuff is great, of course. I interviewed him. We discussed that, I don't know, nine months ago or something, if you want to dig that up in the archives. Peter King has the job that you need to have. He has the dream job. <laughs> he does. Like, you'd be good at the Peter King job. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so he basically travels around with a Hurley team and interviews them and puts together these Tour Note videos, but he also ends up, Putting little projects like this together for stab and basically tour or uh, peter was over there with clark little doing some stuff on the north shore and like scott said these hurricanes hit and now there's all sorts of waves on the north shore that normally aren't there in the summertime john john was going to go to p pass with koa smith and some other people i think bruce irons and then they just canceled it because there's waves on the north shore so there's a three minute video it's a lot of lifestyle stuff and incorporated with the surfing there's no music in it it's just kind of this raw cut of john john hanging out at home showing his little backyard garden paddling out out front catching a couple waves it's worth watching because john john just surfs so unbelievably well in his day-to-day -day surfing the waves are kind of i don't know mixed up but they're head high barrels so he'll come out and then just do the gnarliest carve on the weirdest section ever there's him running into the shore break, standing on his board and launching into a wave, but doing a unbelievably... Yeah, John John has the um, ability. What he does is he transfers the fun that he's having to you and I, the viewer. He does. And and there's a lot of... There's not a lot of guys, but guys like Craig Anderson, you sense that they're having fun. Yeah. And that's sort of the anti-Bronco de Souza. Like, Bronco de Souza, you're like... I don't even think he's having fun. He's just points. He's just points. This right. is his job. Like he, he's basically going down the mine shaft to get coal out of the mine. You know True. what I mean? Like it's just, it's like a grind for him. He True. looks like he's working. You need to hand him a sweat rag after every wave. He's got to wipe his brow. John, John, complete opposite, Completely. right? The spontaneity that comes out of his surfing mm -hmm. and his life. And so you're just like, I want to attach myself to that fun. Right. Who cares if it's two foot blown out Eikai? He's having so much fun. And he that's really what is. you get from that stuff. And, and we've talked about Mason Ho being that guy too. Absolutely. But then Mason comes in and cracks jokes and he's all, his personality fits his surfing. John, John's slightly different where he's reserved. He comes in and you ask him a question. He's like super mild mannered and like doesn't really say much. So there's an allure to that or a mystery to that, you know, where yeah. it's kind of like, I want to know more. Yeah. Tell me more, John, John, but he just doesn't, you yeah. know, but then his surfing speaks volumes. So that's my must see moment. It's only on stab. I'll post a link to it on surfsplendorpodcast.com. Makes me very, very excited to see John, John going into trestles. Yes. Um, 
I'm I mean, so glad that you named Adriano Bronco de Souza. That's the that's, greatest gloss ever. So that's the new name for. So again, we've got Italian Ferrari <laughs> and Bronco de Souza. By the way, Chaz, thank you very much. And we're gonna, Bronco is Tony Roberts. Oh, so Tony, we're going to yeah. just go ahead and take those. Yeah, we're going to yeah. use those, and yeah. uh, we'll give you all credit when we can. Totally. Yes. So my Duke, it could have been a musty moment, but I'm going with my Duke, Julian Wilson. All right. His three-minute edit that he released recently, it's called Drive Fast and Take Chances, Yes, is unfreaking real. Yeah. The best surfing I've seen since Owen Wright at Cloud Break, you know? Yes. When he dominated that and got four tens in the event. Julian, surfing in Indonesia. I think he's surfing Ulus. There's some big barreling lefts, and then he's surfing Changu a couple of times. He does an unbelievable spin that was kind of like Josh Kerr's crazy flip but he gets an extra half rotation out of it um and then they've got this track playing which i'm just gonna play to play my background while i wow all right i'm digging it i'm rocking dude this song is so freaking rad it's rizza from wu-tang clan from 2003 i don't listen to rizza i don't listen to wu-tang but this song just fit perfectly with this section not only is the surfing unreal but i'm gonna give an extra duke to the filmer Jimmy Lee's, who he's been working with Jimmy Lee's for a long time. How does he get this music? Do they get clearance or do they just rip it? Just rip it for sure. Because Rizzo would would rip it. So, like, this is. It's probably already sampled from something that Rizzo ripped, you know? Like. Just continuing the ripoff. Exactly. So, check it. Uh, Jimmy Lee's made the edit. We've complained about edits at times and we've. We've just been, we put a critical discerning eye on edits. That's what here's, we've done. We haven't here's, complained. Here's why I'm patting Jimmy Lee's on the back. Good. Give him some credit. He gets out of the way of good surfing. Good. You can't tell that this was edited by Jimmy versus somebody, Blake Cooney, right. that right. does John John's or whatever. Jimmy gets out of the way. Good. Julian's w- surfing is so unreal. But at the same time, this isn't just Julian surfing. There's a little bit of style put into the edit this rizza song is the best choice ever even though i never listen to rizza now i'm downloading his album because of this surfing like no joke are you ripping it from the internet for free <laughs> i just spotify it so I don't, <laughs> okay but that's well, legit yeah. they, they pay yeah, so but it's like now rizza is a part of my world because it was used so appropriately in this song turns out the rest of the album ain't that great but this one song it's in my full rotation forevermore Right next to Stevie that Wonder. That explains the blackface that you came in with today oh, to, to no. watch this show. All right, <laughs> now I got to Insta my own face just to <laughs> no, prove. Just I'm just extra tan. I spent okay, the weekend my, at the beach. If that's a, that's what you call a tan? <laughs> <laughs> wait, my wait, t- wait. Have you seen this edit? No. Oh I my saw gosh. you posting about it Dude, and I didn't click on it yet. I'm not kidding. I've watched it five times. All right. It's that It's going to get me fired up. And I just shame all the edits that come out. This thing changed it. Like I was like, this is unreal. Julian, which also makes me hang my hat on Julian for the world title contention. Like, I think he's surfing that good. I think Gosh, he's the underdog. There's so many guys but in the world title run. He, he, Owen Wright's kind of like. He is. Under the radar a little bit. I feel like Julian is sneakily. I would love it if Julian won the world title. I would too. And he won pipe last year. It would be good. I really feel. I feel it's Julian's year. Could happen. Mark my words. It's exciting. Dude, last year he finished 20th on the tour. I know. No, he's going into Hawaii in 20th. He needed a big win. So. 
my Duke is Bethany Hamilton, who's competing okay. in the Swatch Women's Perfect. Pro at Lowers. Pretty excited. If you if you want to see some inspirational surfing, watch the new mother, Bethany Hamilton, out in the surf with one arm. It's pretty insane. Well, she's got the wild card. What I like about that at the Swatch Women's Pro is that they're doing a heritage heat with women this year, which is really rad. It's going to be Lane Beachley, Lisa Anderson, I forget who. I think it's a four-person heat, four-woman it's, it's, heat. Uh, it's Sofia Milanovic. Isn't okay. she in it too? I yeah. Think. I forget who the fourth is, but that's rad. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm yeah. hoping Lisa shreds everybody. I, I do too. But yeah, so that I, I meant the to thing is, that. is that Lane Beachley is such a competitive like pit bull. Yeah. That I know she's probably been training for like where Lisa's like, yeah, I'll rock up, put on a wetsuit. The waves are good. I'll serve. You know, like Lisa's kind of like whatever. Yeah. Which is fine. I get that. But I just, I know Lane Beachley's probably like got Ken Bradshaw with a little GoPro and some like audio thing. And they're going to, he's going to call waves for her. And it's she's going right, to be a whole scene. Right now she's doing CrossFit, getting ready yes, to go. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, which is great too. More power to her. She's yeah. that, but that's who she she's competitive. You know? No, totally. Um, it's an exciting event. I'm looking forward to it with the waves. Being she would be a good interview. Good. If you could get Lane Beachley, okay. she would be a fun interview. Um, my kook is Instagram account kook slams. Wow. Do you follow this? No. Basically, it's just people getting slammed left and right, dude. Guys trying to jump off rocks, mistiming it. Why is that your coup? Because they're just like playing off of people's pain. Yeah, I love it. No, it's I'm I'm a fan of the account, but they highlight kooks. So what? They, they so could that's be a your duke. kook? They could be a they could yeah, be a duke. You're not in the spirit of the segment, dude. Kooks well, at are least I show you're up. Disappointed. <laughs> well, at I'm, least I bring. When you somebody. get it straight, I'll bring it. <laughs> I've you gotten it straight, are, dude. I got it straight for nine months without uh, you bringing uh, a kook. Here's the deal. I don't Follow. like to talk negatively about. Well, that's people. why I'm trying to take a different spin, and now you're shaming me. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> you're my kook. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Shocking. No, you're not. You're not. You're. You're a great human. I'm, I'm a big fan of David Lee's. Thank you. Here's the deal. This is curated kook slamage is their tagline. <laughs> curated kooks. Am I in it? Is no. it I could no. be. I've eaten it pretty hard. You're not. But follow this Instagram account, kook slams. All right. They I'll just show. It it's basically like. But I don't like watching people get hurt. I can't watch replays of guys' knees getting blown out in the NFL. I don't like. Just watch this one and tell me this isn't radical. Is it loading? Can you see? <laughs> That's pretty good. That one I'm okay with because it it, looks, it turned into something funny. Yeah, it's like Stockton Avenue or something. Like a guy takes off on the peak, somebody drops in on him, and I'll rather than, rather than pushing him off the wave, he actually lifts him up into a ballerina kind of hold. He carries something. him like he's taking him over the threshold on their on their newlywed exactly. evening. Exactly, and then they get sucked over the falls. It's pretty solid. So, anyways, there's just it's like the wipeout section of old that we used to watch a 45 minute surf video and then have one wipeout section that was set to like clown circus music right. dun, 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 you know okay this is kind of like that but it's just a 15 second video clip that you're going to scroll through once a day this is a musty moment it's awesome no it's a it's, it's a kook kook slams it's, it's not that's a, my kook of the week is right. the kooks that are on kook slams all right fair enough shout out to kook slams well before we we have to go but um let's let's um let me tell you that the preview of the surfboards for the vintage surf auction california gold vintage surf auction presented by griff's groom like griff's i groom like griff uh, the preview of those surfboards is up now so you can look at all of the surfboards that are going to be on the auction block uh the vintage surf auction.com click on live auction you'll see a preview of all of the boards and the newest sneak peek video of the George Greeno surfboard that's going to be up for auction Perfect. is live. So you can watch that. Perfect. 
Thank you to the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center, surfingheritage.org. And then if you want to, I always encourage people comment about today's show on surfsplendorpodcast.com. There's a comment section. By the way, people here at the Heritage have told me that people have come here because of they listen to our show. Perfect. Yeah. So I believe it. Thanks for doing that. And if you do come and you listen to the show, let them know. Yeah. Because totally. they're very generous to let us use this room. Yeah. Awesome. Everybody, chime in. Join the conversation between Scott and I on social media. You can tweet. You can Instagram, at Surf Splendor, at Boardroom Show. Scott, my goodbye Stewie thing? Oh, Scott's trying to drop some Stewie on us. It's not but. working. Uh, until next time, um, I guess two weeks from today. Yep, I'll be here. Adios and aloha. When I was small. Nothing at all. We used to eat meat for dinner. Obviously, gotta let Riza play out the end of the show since I hyped it so much. Shout out to Julian and Jimmy Lee's for using this track. In that edit, I will, of course, have that video and everything else that we discussed in this show on surfsplendorpodcast.com. Check it all out there. Leave a comment in the comment section with your thoughts about today's show. And um, we always appreciate that and uh, appreciate you tuning in and sharing the show with friends. That's how we grow this thing and sharing it on the Surfer Mag message boards. Whether or not you said something positive, it's all good. All publicity is good publicity. Or there's no such thing as bad publicity, I think, is the way that you're supposed to say that. All right? Anyways, thanks again. Until next week, David Scales reminding you to shred on. Shoot, one more comment, actually. If you're um, interested in any of the music that you've ever heard in Surf Splendor, we have all of that archived on our website as well. Again, surfsplendorpodcast.com. And then there's a music tab. Are organized by each episode, so full track list every episode. All right, check it out. Thanks. We used to eat Yo, young shorties in my hood started hustling. Packing bags at the neighborhood associate Growing up not as fortunate to have a fly shit I'm too young, no job to hire me legit You walking down the street with your gun in your hand Drinking, thinking of a master plan Your old earth can't afford what your friends got So you roll up to the spot with your thing punk cock And it seemed worth the taking, stomach aching Morning star veggie bacon go good with the grits. Now let's take it back for real. When we used to build a ghetto big wheels with the shopping cart wheels and wood to nail the seat on. Girls skipping rope in the street. The summer heat left the jelly prints stuck to their feet. Skelly chief flip you baseball cars for keeps. Mama said it's getting late and it's time to come eat. When I was small, we had nothing at all. We used to eat grits for dinner. It once pain, almost drive a man insane. 